3: Town.
0: Well, I can't think of a better way to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Darren Bullock's departure from Swindon Town. You have to be around your friends at times like
3: this. Hello, Andrew. Yeah, well, well, I I must confess, I didn't realise this was such a momentous day in in club history. So um, I don't know whether we should be in sackcloth and ashes or or firing rockets into the air, but um, we should clearly be doing one of the two.
0: Of course, we should. Uh, it sounds like you you tend to reflect privately usually, so. <laughs>
3: Um, oh wow! Well, I think I think we've done the I think we've done the Steve McMahon era to death. I'm sure I'll find a way to, to get it in at some point. Today, but, uh, we, we've talked about it a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I did see it, I did think of you because Darren Bullock, of course, being one of the uh, quintessential McMahon era signings. Uh, yeah, lovely. How have you been? It's been a couple of weeks. You've done a bit of a, a fair few miles on the Swindon beat. All good.
3: Um. Yeah. Yeah. All, all right. All right. I think. Um. I think. I think Tuesday was a, a little bit of a pick me up in terms of the the kind of performance and a little bit in terms of the, the entertainment value. The, the season, in all probability, is meandering to a close. But um, occasionally I I try and take the optimistic view, and that means that the shackles are off and they can go and express themselves a bit. But we'll we'll see if that reality uh, emerges over the remaining games and weeks.
0: Yeah, indeed. Well, that's a good place to start, actually, because I've had a little bit of feedback from a couple of listeners citing our lack of positivity post-Ginningham. On reflection, there's certainly an argument that we could have been a a little bit cheerier on the whistle as it was a reasonably decent performance, as you say, and there was a, a really lovely moment for Harry McCurdy at the end with his first goal in quite some time. I think in terms of Dan... He explained this elsewhere very well from his perspective. He wants to be authentic. He wants, well, he doesn't want to sugarcoat areas which he feels aren't great. But he, as we all will, uh, give credit where it's due, and that's what I want from anyone who contributes to the podcast. And Dan has often defended things when others have been more critical in terms of the low strangers. I think. And I have been thinking about this a fair bit, Andrew, that the last 18 months have been quite tough for the podcast in terms of trying to get the tone right as people naturally grow tired of negativity. And I completely understand that. I've tried wherever possible to separate the football from the non-football anxiety, so to speak, but they can go hand in hand from time to time. But what is... Hugely important for me is to reiterate that I'm not telling you as listeners how you should feel about Swindon Town, but we are telling you how we feel about (laughs) Swindon Town, which is which is different. And I know it can lose us friends right now, but things like the Harry McCurdy narrative and a late equalizer isn't as magical, I suppose, as it should be, which sucks for me, but I'm not going to stop others from enjoying it nor am I going to stop people from hoping Gavin Gunning turns things around in such a dramatic way before the season ends, because we all want that and would love to see it. Do I expect us to remain in this lowly League 2 position? No, I think we we will avoid the beamish line. Do I envisage a a miracle turnaround? No, I don't either, but I'll be in my seat either way, because Swindon Town still brings me all the appropriate joy I need, and um, I'm addicted to this. A ruddy Football Club, the good, the bad, the positive, the negative, all all of it. I'm all in, have been for many, many years and health willing for many years to come. But, oh, Andrew, apologies for the self-imposed. Important waffle here, but I came. To
3: oh sh- no, no, no! I was, I was, I was keeping <laughs> stum I was keeping stum and 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 enjoying the rhetorical flourishes. Yeah,
0: I came to spiel and spiel. I will, but as as a as a town legend, a micro legend once said, "It's Swindon Town. We're not looking for everyone to agree with us. It's football. It's it's not as ever as clear cut as that. And you will get people who bulk at success. You know, we're top of the league, for twenty points clear, and people generally." find a way to criticise their football club. This is not just a Swindon Town thing. This is all teams all over the world sort of thing. But Indeed. But I I do think that, yeah, maybe we could have enjoyed the last minute chaos a little bit more. And we have previously, but we found Tuesday night quite exhausting. But you were there and, and listening to your commentary, you know, I think... A lot of people leaned towards yours—the pure ecstasy of the late equalizer—and then all the chaos afterwards.
3: Yeah, no, I'd, um, I, th- I think, uh, I think the, the sort of commentary does have to live in the live in the moment a little bit, and um, sometimes you, you kind of you kind of en- um, enjoy the moment. Um, you sort of it's a bit like you ha- you have your great night out, but then you, um, you know, uh, the next the next morning you still have to get up and go to work and pay the mortgage and and all the rest of it, but. Um, I, th- I think my maxim is to is to try and uh, try and enjoy the night out, even if even if in the the long run you sort of understand the bigger picture.
0: Mm, yeah, and you know I was pulling a lot of the the stats over the last twenty games, and then the last ten games, and the last four or five, and it's it's pretty damning in fairness to Swindon Town in their season, but things are beginning to get a little bit better, but only marginally undergunning. That's in black and white. That's in terms of points collated, goals scored. Is about the same from the last games of the the Flynn era, if we're talking the the first four of Gunning and the last four of Flynn. I think Gunning has one more point and the same amount of goals, for example. It's undeniable that with the new tools that Gunning has, he's, he's getting a little bit more... And we're getting a little bit more entertainment out of it. It all sets itself up nicely for a for a interesting game over the weekend.
3: Yeah, no, I th- I think we've I think we've certainly managed to have a, a game and a half's entertainment out of the last two games, which is arguably a, arguably an an improvement. Um, you know, how much of how much of that is due to the change in coach and how much of that is due to um suddenly the the plethora of attacking options, so as we will um discuss, there are very sort of finite ways they can be they can be deployed, and and also how much to having Conor McCarthy available at the back because um, I don't think I'm going to be giving the hottest of hot takes if I say he appears to be the the best central defender so far at the club this season. Um, You know, perhaps, perhaps that should mean there is some progress regardless of of who's in charge. But certainly Tuesday gave you know had a had a bit of a sort of enterprise and. And entertainment to it and um we're all um we're all we're all f- we're all for that given the most realistic consideration probably as to um where we finish is above all above all below the beamish line
0: yeah and i think i think looking at the fixtures that we have remaining i think we might squeeze past it i don't think we're going any lower but We'll see, but MK Dons is the first challenge. But we'll stick with Chillingham for the time being because Gavin Gunning, during the press conference with yourself and the advertiser, was asked about the last few games and the attacking threat was highlighted by Gavin Gunning.
3: Yeah, no, no, I think he certainly feels they've got more um more options as well and um. I think the uh, the flamboyant quote was, "We've had about eighty shots in the last few games." I I have not yet gone back to log them, but there, there was about twenty. There was about twenty odd at Gillingham, and there were plenty in the second half at Salford. So maybe if uh, um, I'll be interested, to do the uh, do the extrapolation and try and kind of count them uh, count them up. But you know, I think there is a bit more. It does feel there's a bit more threat in front of goal. I think Austin has looked a little bit livelier for perhaps having less minutes, and I'm. I'm slowly getting quite sold on um, uh, Herr Glatzel as long as, of course, he stays fit.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he needs he needs to convert some of the opportunities he gets, but Gillingham was just very unlucky, I think, more than uh, he's got to do better there. there. There were some moments.
3: Yeah, no, no, I, I think the one he had cleared off the line because he receives the ball in a good position, but he skins the defender beautifully and then tucks it through the legs of the goalkeeper and suddenly the... Uh, um, you know Romeo Hutton to the rescue, which is not. I'm not sure we always said that defensively. <laughs> um, during his his time at, at Swindon that may that may be a bit harsh. I'm, I'm sure Terry will will come after me with a big stick for Romeo Hutton criticism. But um, uh, but you know that's where it was. But no, no, I think I think he did a lot of a lot of things right on on Tuesday, and probably his his overall contribution deserves more than the the one goal he's got so far.
0: Hmm. the first sort of signs of ah with Zeddy, and that's mostly sadly, not because of his attacking ability but because of the 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 duck that he did at the end of the game, which resulted in a in a town almost scoring an own goal, and that has he's he's felt the wrath of a few fans since then,
3: yeah yeah no no i think I think that I think that has been picked up um i, th- I just, there's just some there just seems to be something about wingers perhaps why at this level i can there are lots of things they can they can do well, and then there's there's just those frustrating final moments. But um, uh, but yes, uh, in the in the last minutes, it's also um, you know, get your head in where it hurts. Pick up pick up a few Sean Taylor bruises if necessary to get that point.
0: Absolutely. What we wouldn't give for a Sean Taylor type. We'll move on to substitutions because it is a reasonably significant talking point at the moment because what we have, what feels like, are uh, very planned substitutions. And you were uh, you asked about this and wanted a little bit more detail. What did Gavin Gunning say um, to justify or explain why he makes the decisions he does at the moment?
3: Yeah, I think... I think he's sort of alluded to this this kind of quite a lot about you know players are limited in the minutes they can have at the moment, but because it was you know big, it's been a big sort of talking point that players who are playing well have come off, and I think his insistence is pretty much his kind of hands are tied while they work back to fitness. I think the. You know, it does seem like the, the amount of minutes they've got is fairly sort of strictly controlled in terms of, you know, not overextending them, but also, on the other hand, making sure that the players involved get up to fitness as well, that they do get, you know, 20 or or 25 minutes in a game to help boost their fitness and allow them to to play longer. So, um, I think, you know, he's, he's not naive. He's aware that at times he is taking off players who are playing well and... It'd be interesting to see how much the audio does it, but the, the body language pretty much told me that you know that that is a fuss, that is a frustration. But um, you know, one of the the sort of consequences of the kind of recruitment they've been able to do in the in the transfer window is they've brought in quite a few players who haven't played for a um, a long time or, or have you know injury records like um, like Klatzel Devoy hasn't played a great deal. I mean, just for example, Elbaseli hasn't really played in Sweden, so. Um, that they, they have kind of effectively sort of made that compromise that we will we will bring you in and we think you're quite good players, but the the challenge is now to to get them up to the necessary levels of fitness and speed, and that that is kind of compromising the decisions he's got to he's got to make a bit. Sometimes they're tactical and sometimes they're their fitness, and he kind of you know he kind of said that on the subs and the players ultimately just have to have to sort of deal with that. I mean, whether they're being taken off when they're playing well or or whether they're you know, only getting half an hour from time to time.
0: And that sounds perfectly rational, given our circumstance. I think in other seasons or other situations, I'll be going, this is absolutely bonkers. But I can't sit here and say, well, I think the season's over, and then flat wildly that he's got to to make such enforced changes from time to time. But I do wonder like, if that works more in favour of the opposition or not, because they know when we get to a certain stage we have to rotate, or whether that means that we're freshening up which means our opposition have to sort of second guess us and and me have to do the same I, I i can't decide whether it's detrimental or positive
3: i think ultimately it must be a bit frustrating that you that maybe you're at the point where um you know you don't feel you can give Sean McGurk another 10 minutes when his confidence is up and he scored and all that really so i think i think he, I, th- I think ultimately it's a bit more hamstrung than than anarchic but um you know there is that there is that perhaps that that other side to it that you know I I guess team I guess um, Mike Williams is now going to be thinking well I'm I'm probably going to have to like sixty I've got to really make sure my team knows sixteen different Swindon players rather than eleven at this point because um it's it's pretty likely four or five subs are going to get deployed.
0: Concentration has been a big conversation all season long uh, for reasons that you don't need me to explain. We can see goals. We make mistakes. Gavin Gunning says we were great. We make a mistake. It happens. It happens at the highest level. Michael Flynn said the same thing. And I think the question I've been asking has been, well, how do we fix this? You went in there and asked how Gavin Gunning can raise concentration levels because I'm sure it happens to every team in the EFL. But my goodness me, it's we seem to get our fair share. Yeah,
3: no, no, we do. We do get a lot, and a a, a bit of it is, um, a bit of it is as he says the level, but a bit of it I think is is perhaps if you're you're really ruthless, you can almost put any goal down to a, a mistake. Sometimes, an occasion. I wonder if occasionally we just don't give. Attacking players enough credit for the piece of skill that you know perhaps perhaps undoes a defender when a, you know when the team is tactically structured as it should be. So you know if they're if they're getting constantly sort of picked off on the break or from their own corners, that's perhaps a, a different matter. If you don't, know I mean, but um and again, I think I think some of that you was talking it does come perhaps down to your physical fitness as well that you've got um. Cause, I kind of did talk about this that you know the the game is not only physically draining but it is mentally draining. You know you're you're running around and playing a bit of chess at the same time, as it were. So um, it, it was quite a good line. You you should be mentally drained. You shouldn't really be able to speak at the end of the game because you know you lose you lose things at that one moment, like we're talking about at the end. And they could score. So um, some of that is kind of fitness work, and I I guess some of that is is maybe a, a mentality thing as well. And, you know, I'm sure occasionally there will just be um, times when they're outskilled and times when perhaps for whatever reason, um, you know, be it how they're set up or be it players making a mistake that, you know, they're not quite organised in the, in the right way. So, um, you know, um, I'm sure the most popular products for football managers, if we could find them, would be concentration and confidence pills. If you're able to manufacture both of those, then everyone would be a lot happier.
0: I think I'd be happier outside of football if those if those things exist. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> much, absolutely. Much Sat- Saturday night? Oh, I'll just pop a confidence pill. Thank you very much. I don't need to have six pints before I'll talk to anyone. Oh,
0: Monday to Friday at work. I'll be a superstar. Don't mind it. Find me that pill, please. Uh, um, so let's this, this move to the usual stuff. Uh, injuries and squads. I, I'm always curious by, by who's available, but there's always somebody not on the list and that it's not been any different this week so
3: have we got any injury concerns um we have we have the the usual sort of mysterious dead legs Seidou Khan is fine um Jake Kane's substitution at halftime was a tactical one um against Gillingham so he's fine we we did sort of find out a bit later on that um Farrell Johnson is a little bit um one of these great football words that is a an injury that's only ever an injury in a football context is he has a niggle, mm. as they say. So, uh, so he's been out of the out of the squad at the moment. But bro- broadly within obviously the the confines of how many minutes they can all play, um, they appear to be good and ready to go.
0: Good. Rashawn Hepburn Murphy had a similar injury for about two months with Swindon. <laughs> I'm thinking I don't know if Tom Clayton started as as a niggle. Rashawn Hepburn Murphy was perennially on the brink of coming back. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There were there were there was. An ongoing niggle, which I don't think niggles are meant to ongo, as it were, if we're if we're getting into um language football territory here.
0: In terms of Saidu Khan, I found that really interesting because it was a heck of a dice roll for me because he plays when he's fit, he plays week in, week out. I think he's not quite a Marmite player. I think most people see his worth, but there are plenty that don't as well. And he was essentially, and correct me if I'm wrong, but he was essentially rested because he's on X amount of yellow cards and we needed him to uh, be available for the MK Dons game because Dawson DeVoy is not available. So we needed to make sure that was happening. A bit of me was like, yeah, all right, because Saidu Khan... He gets booked, no matter what happens, he tends to get booked <laughs> and we need him available. But the other part of me was thinking about all these footballers over the years with poor discipline that still played week in, week out. And if it happens, it happens. That, I think last season, or maybe even this season, we were on the brink of multiple suspensions and they didn't come because players stopped getting booked. They stopped making those sort of decisions. And I, I, I don't think Saidu Khan makes a difference against Ginningham, but it, it was a big call, cool, I think.
3: Yeah, no, I'd, I, will, I will be honest um when I saw he wasn't involved I was quite I was quite worried because you're you're thinking about how that sort of cover for a back four who are um you know have uh, most of whom possibly by Mr McCarthy have had their kind of error pro moments and you're thinking um blimey how much protection are they going to get but he, he kind of ended up putting sort of McEachran and and Devoy a little bit sort of you know in a more more defensive position so those those two offered a bit more more kind of presence, but um, it was a. I think I think it was a surprise, and it it did feel it did feel like a risk before time. I'm not. I wasn't quite like the um, the guy on Mansfield Twitter who said, um, "What are you doing, Nigel Clough? Making your three changes before the Harrogate game? Um, only for Mansfield to go and win nine 2 I wasn't quite <laughs> as, quite as strong as that, but it. But yeah, it, it's a risk and I I do think Khan has those sort of qualities or that kind of puts more defensive of maybe the, the certainly the sort of physical presence in midfield that isn't essentially elsewhere in the in the squad um i i, I also thought broadly his kind of discipline and tendency to argue with referees had improved a bit but it seemed to it seemed to sort of revert a bit as the transfer window reopened which i'm i'm not trying to link it together by saying that necessarily
0: <laughs> yeah my kingdom for a 9-2 win at home would be would be sensational uh, i don't know how i would cope but, but but i've i've read a lot of fans comments about the gavin gunning era and despite all my cynicism misery doom and gloom whatever you like to call it i kind of agree with the sentiment that this current swindon 11 especially attacking wise does have the ability to score four or five in a game. And it, it might it might come in the next few weeks. I'm not saying MK Dons, but I I do agree that there is that potential that if they convert the amount of chances they've been getting in the last couple, then a poor soul might be in for a bruising from Swindon shortly.
3: Yeah, no, there there is they really do look, I think, better for the, the kind of extra options, um, apart from anything else. And how, you know, you've got you've now got multiple pacey forward players rather than just Hepburn Murphy. So, you know, you've got, you've got that extra, those extra options, those extra competition. Um, I, I certainly think the, the old XG was, uh, possibly sort of, um, not necessarily in, in Swindon's favour, certainly for the Salford game, um, given, you know, chances created and chances finished. So, so hope yeah, hopef- hopefully someone's, someone sort of due kind of three or four in because I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but, um, that does also um, require them not to concede two or three, well, which is no. also you can, you also can, equally possible. Sorry, sorry, sorry to sorry to bring it back down from <laughs> visions of visions of a nine two thrashing of Harrogate when they show up. I,
0: I tried. If it, if it's us, it'll be nine five, won't it? And that would just be an incredible experience. So I'm, yeah,
3: um, game for that eight fours if you fancy. them. Yeah, no, um, no more seven fours. Welcome.
0: No more seven fours. We've had one yeah, of done them that this year. Done that. Done yeah. that, don't bothered by it. Didn't like it. Um Even if it was the other way around, I'd probably be annoyed that we conceded four goals after <laughs> being seven nil up. I'm I'm hoping there are older shop fans that are bemoaning that, but no, uh, <laughs> nice. Well, they they lost five nil to filed yeah, I think, in the week. Yeah, so I know, you know. I, know, I know, I saw that, and I look at their results. I think our four our alumni, Mister Harry's got sent off as well, didn't he? So
3: he did, yeah. he did, yes. Yeah. So. um There
0: he is, (sighs) talking about the older shot game again. Okay, so we'll move on. Um, The environment that Gunning's trying to create at Swindon Town. And we we have a fascination about what Gavin Gunning is doing behind the scenes. I I think generally it's people trying to scope out whether he's going to get the job permanently or not. Because he seems to have a lot of... Sway and say based on the conversations that all the quotes that we've been getting, um but there was some really interesting stuff covered in this, including things like the brutality of football.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, this was a slight, this was a slightly sort of unexpected diversion that I hadn't kind of consciously really assumed I'd get into, but it, it's quite interesting to. He was, he was kind of talking about quite a kind of trying to create quite a sort of empathetic and supportive environment while it's it's also competitive. And, really just saying you know um, people worry about themselves too much and you know trying to get them to sort of look perhaps look after each other a bit more and I, i'm i always find this quite sort of personally fascinating for, for two levels because there's there is the whole sort of societal conversation on mental health which is you know we probably haven't got got time for and perhaps you know more sort of openness and and willingness to discuss it in public and the and the benefits of that the the other challenge is um professional sport is quite brutal and you know football football is pretty brutal you're you know you're you're competing for a con you're competing for a contract look to look at tyree shade you know um he's he's busy sort of you know starting in december um by the start of february he's dropped down a vision his contract's coming to an end at swindon um you know there are things like that. You know, you win, you win, you lose. You're you can be judged on numbers. You can be judged on goals. You're you're very exposed to how good or bad you are. Whereas um, uh, for lot for lots of us um, are how good or bad we are. Our job is really quite kind of subjective, um, really. And they're and they're and they're not. And they get a lot of public discussion about it. So, um, it, you kind of add that and the, the sort of banter element of football in and and i'm quite i'm quite intrigued by how he was he was sort of talking as as someone who i think especially has a bit of a reputation as kind of slightly old school player if you like or or character a little bit of of that that kind of conversation of having to of trying to create an environment where people can be kind of open if they're struggling or or finding it difficult perhaps not immediate worry about their place or or what the guy in the midfield shirt is going to do to try and try and take his place and i I wonder i wonder how easy that is although i I think it's a it's a pretty noble aim
0: yeah well put and i think given that you have the luxury of talking to gavin gunning and i have the fortunate luxury of listening to the audio of the press conferences and, and one thing that is abundantly clear is this isn't mad gav gunning that People would have, we would have listened to last season. Not that he was, <laughs> he was nuts or anything like mm. that in 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 terms of his quotes. But I, my memory of him last season was very brief in his interview technique. He was short sentences, move things along, not abrupt. But here's the answer. Here's the answer. Here's the answer. But there's definitely a much more thoughtful football coach talking to the press now and trying to give as much as possible. And uh, I think, you know, I don't know what he's like in, in training. I don't know what he's like in the 90 minutes of the dugout because I'm over in the Don Rogers, but I don't think the mad Gav really exists as, as a coach.
3: Yeah, no, no, I, I think you're right. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure behind the, I'm sure behind the scenes, he will bring his kind of personality to it. And there is that, there is that kind of, um, there is there's a there's a bit of old school in him as well, I think. But yeah, there's 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 definitely a sort of there's definitely a kind of mix, and uh, I'm I'm sure some of it is just being that little bit sort of more comfortable and hopefully kind of more relaxed by behind a microphone because you you want to kind of build you do sort of want to build a relationship with people where you hopefully feel you can have honest conversations even if the questions are are quite difficult. And I think I think inevitably that that sort of takes uh that perhaps takes a bit of time for you just to sort of size up each other and and figure out how how we work. So so I mean this press conference is quite an interesting little example that we sort of start tend to start with the injuries and all those questions all the lots of the answers to those are quite short and I'm thinking that, is this gonna be sort of quite hard work today and then and then there's sort of other there's other bits where he's you know Probably sort of more, more open and more frank than, than I expected. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's not. I don't think it's all pure Mad gav pants, as as uh, as you've suggested.
0: Yeah, I think things like the injuries are because he knows who's injured and he knows what he's not supposed to say, so he goes into defense. <laughs> yeah, there, there, is, there, there is there
3: there is always that. It's uh, I do I I sometimes. I won't say sometimes I wonder why we bother. That's not quite what I mean, because um, clearly people want to know who's injured and who's not, but I'm not really sure they want to tell us who's injured and who's not. And there's uh, there's always that kind of creative tension between the two that Richie Wellens in particular absolutely reveled in.
0: <laughs> oh, He's doing very well in League One. They said he couldn't do that, but they're ignoring it having a great old time.
3: Oh, yeah. Salford, you know, you didn't need to get rid of him. Salford, you can play the ball on the floor and get out of this division, but there we are.
0: <sighs> Indeed, uh, and one final bit on Gunning's sort of ambitions, talking about what he was trying to implement at Swindon, and you know, talks such a good game, doesn't he? Like what he wants for the future for Swindon, all sounds very nice.
3: Yeah, no, again, there's they're sort of creating that environment. They're trying to have an obvious sort of style of play, and you know, again, these sort of. Um, the kind of words that that sort of float around. Cult, culture is a popular word, and it is you know trying to, you know, I guess create um, you know create create something that that does have a does have an impact on people in a positive way. Whether it's you know to get them to to pull together as a team, to get them to be more mutually supportive, and and uh you know on a on a basic football level to have some clear structure as to what they're going to do and how they're going to do it
2: hi LS Pod fans it's j r here enthusiastic contributor and former swindon mcdonald's employee farewell outlet village one time i got to serve the then swindon manager roy evans yes i know what you're wondering big mac with medium fries and admittedly, while Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in.
0: Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the... The television unless haha <laughs> of course I can use my Nord VPN subscription. Nord VPM allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows, and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another points west with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpm.com forward slash strangers There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff. Hello, I'm Stephen Bender, and you listen to the Loaf Stranger podcast. Well, it's almost 20 years since our first game against Milton Keynes Dons. I was one of them, Uh, one of the 5,060 that were there on that uh, August afternoon in 2004. A 2 1 win for Swindon, thanks to goals from Super Sammy Parkin and Brian Howard, and a Reese Evans penalty save, too. It's not gone too well since overall we've had 26 games with MK Dons seven Swindon wins six draws and 13 losses including the season at stadium mk a 3-2 loss which i will go as far as saying that flattered swindon somewhat i
3: i fear so i, I, I don't <laughs> i not I, I don't think you can argue the the only sort of real positive thing about the game was Jake Young scoring and then going on another, another free scoring run. But there was there wasn't really a lot to take from it other than that.
0: No, uh, last time we played them at the county ground, a long long time ago. Well, not long long time ago, but in football terms, quite a while. Late uh, twenty twenty, a four one loss. Uh, we haven't beaten MK Dons since that away win where Keshi Anderson scored the winner shortly after MK Dons equalised. I I. Said this before the uh, the the other game with MK this season away, where I couldn't believe how low in the table they were. Looking at their squad, looking at their bench, looking at their options, and you know I, I don't get much right, but they <laughs> their fortunes turned around quite swiftly after, uh, including that win against Swindon back in late October they're not invincible either. In the last five games, they've won three and lost two. Both of those losses have been away and all of those wins have been at home. So there's something to be optimistic about. Uh, starting with the Furvis, they beat their old pals, oh dear, um, AFC Wimbledon 3-1. They beat Ginningham at home 2-1. Then they lost at Barrow 1-0, beat Ackerton Stanley at home 2-1. And then on Tuesday night, If you would have told me a couple of weeks ago that Bradford City would, one, win again and, two, score four goals for the remainder of the season, I would have been (laughs) shocked. But they got a fantastic 4-0 win against MK Dons. So they'll be looking to bounce back. Change of manager has done them good. They've shot up the table and this is where Swindon fans will be saying, well, if MK Dons can do it with Mike Williamson, why can't Swindon with... Gavin Gunning. I, my argument is simply that squad depth, squad ability, and um, and the time the clock she ticks. But they're having an okay season. They're almost certainly going to be in the playoffs. Wouldn't be surprised if they got promoted, but there are some toughies up there. How are you feeling ahead of this? Because I looking at the the squad that they played, they fielded against Bradford and lost 4-0. It looks very, very strong. Plenty of familiar faces, but sometimes these results they happen. How are you feeling ahead of the the MK Don's game?
3: Um, I I don't know. Um, is my not very helpful? That's answer. what I needed. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. um we'll, we'll do another. We'll do another take on that, shall we? Um, no, no, I th- no. I, th- I I think it's quite difficult to figure out just because of the way they play. Uh, you know that. Um, we already saw. I th- I don't think Mike Williamson have been there very long in the reverse game and it, you could already see that sort of, you know, it's um very much gonna be sort of um Luke Williams kind of pass and move and and all the and all the rest of it really. Um you uh, this pains me to say, but I'm I'm not really sure you can fault them for their level of ambition and the players they've gone on they've gone on acquired in uh Messrs Payne and Tomlinson, um most most notably. Um so I think it's I think it's difficult. Um I also I also noted with some intrigue they managed to lose four nil at Bradford, as discussed, with seventy five percent of the ball. And obviously, we know that Bradford like to um like to boot it forward in a way that Swindon don't really. But I do I do wonder if it's going to be a challenge, kind of getting possession, keeping possession, and keeping that kind of momentum going that Swindon were able to sort of generate against Salford and against and against Gillingham, who are a bit more sort of direct in approach, and they do have. I do have a lot of good individuals. I I suppose the one thing that might help is um I think Max Dean who was pretty good in the reverse game the striker. I don't think he played on Tuesday. I just wonder if they they may be lacking a bit of a sort of focal point up front if he doesn't come back in and perhaps perhaps that might help us. But I think I think it is um it's quite difficult and um Mr Gunning said one of, they have one of the best squads in the league and actually when you when you kind of flick through it it's that's a a reasonable case that they they probably should be where they are
0: yeah and from the side that beat us uh, back in october they they too have had quite a bit of turnaround in terms of squad but most of them coming from that they what was a very strong bench on the day so Jonathan Lecco has gone out on loan to Burton uh, mo Issa has gone out on loan. To Exeter, and then starters. Their goalkeeper has gone to Stevenage on loan, and and Connor Grant has gone to Barnsley, and they they've brought in a fair few loan players. Had Dan Kemp back, so they, they've they've had quite a squad build too. I I just wonder what I'm most looking forward to for this game is the fact this is the first game in a few weeks where it's not the kick it to the the tall guy up top. It will be Swindon playing against an, a a like-minded side in terms of playing it along the four. it could be glorious chaos it could be that swindon win handsomely it could be that mk dons win handsomely but i'll be looking forward to it
3: yeah no no there is that that sort of pleasing unpredictability about it as long as um as long as the multiple formal players dan Kemp included do uh do not come up with the the tradition of scoring against their their former club otherwise we are in we are in for trouble, but but yeah, it it is kind of quite intriguing. In that, as you say, will will Sweden sort of be able to keep hold of the ball? Um, how will will they really kind of go after MK Dons and try and press them and nick the ball? And uh, you know, think they will occasionally make mistakes at the back, and you can you can punish them. Or will they will they sort of sit back a bit and try and? trap them in in different ways they were they were quite good at sort of i guess kind of counterattacking against gillingham so maybe maybe they'll try that but as you say the beauty the beauty of it is it's really quite hard to to tell what um what plan is in uh is in the gunning brain at this point other, yeah. other, other than there is one i should say rather than that implying there isn't one but um <laughs> what it's it's more nature of what it is rather than whether it exists
0: well one thing's for sure we're not going to be sitting off because we're at home and he said that
3: yeah, yeah, no, no, he he did kind of suggest that there will be some effort to to at least sort of take the game to them where possible, and maybe maybe that will mean the you know you know putting those putting those three forwards right on the on the three defenders and saying go on, then. go on, then. if you think you're so good at playing your way out, let's see let's see if you can in fact do it or not. Yeah,
0: it's understandable also that Dan Kemp gets the questions, but we've also got Jack Payne coming back. We've got the <laughs> boroughs own. Joe Tomlinson coming back, and to a lesser extent, we've got the rebranded MJ Williams coming back, Uh, those who remember his brief loan spell uh, from Liverpool when he was Jordan Williams, I think, back then, wasn't he?
3: Yes, yeah, and I must admit, I can't can't remember a lot about him other than he had quite long hair at the time, and that's not... It felt, I think it was, wasn't it? Think it felt like
0: a, it. I think he had a good head of
3: hair, but I, I,
0: I don't know. No, maybe, own...
3: maybe, I, maybe I'm just having petty envy in that case. <laughs> I don't know.
0: The only thing I remember from his short time at Swindon, I think most of it was injury um, as opposed to a month loan. I think he got injured and then quietly returned back to Liverpool at some point. But there was a game, a 1-0 loss to Burton, where I think he ang- he reacted angrily to something said in the town end, and therefore he was dead to the fan base. Um, but it, it wasn't an eventful one. I think it was the time where was it um, Kevin Stewart and Lawrence Vigaro also joined, wasn't it? Back back in
3: yeah, yeah, that that Mark that, that sounds that sounds about right. But yeah, there's, yeah, there's it was um it was that point where you know Swindon were. Oh, well I guess as, as we sort of seem to be now in a more roundabout way where there was that relationship with Liverpool being kind of cultivated wasn't there because I'm I'm afraid I remember Brad Smith coming in and then seeing him, seeing him put one cross on that sort of hit the roof of the town end and then a couple of years later he's being sold to Bournemouth for about three million and while you shouldn't judge a player by one cross it did seem a an unexpected turn of events.
0: <laughs> it certainly did. Certainly did. So Dan Kemp got the the question. I, I a bit of me fears Jack Payne always and forever the ultimate. Just just pay him. Just keep him. Pay Payne. Keep Kemp. It's not hard this football malarkey. But Dan Kemp. I think what Gavin Gunning was clear to keen to point out is what he did at Swindon is not what he's being tasked to do at MK Dons.
3: Yeah. No. I I, I thought that was I thought that was quite interesting that. He's, sort of, he's gone back and he's clearly has to play a defined role in their system. Whereas Swinon's sort of defined role for him was um, you play behind the two strikers and probably cause as much havoc as you really feel like you can do. And Usually there was plenty in a, in a good way. So um, I think he's got one goal since he came back. I think he's been taken, subbed off a couple of times. So, um, you know, I, I think it felt, it felt impossible for, MK Dunn's not to bring him back and probably not have a look at him, um, Ditto's sort of Jake Young as well, but whether whether he will quite have that, that sort of freedom to, to flourish and and show all the all the qualities that, that Hartlepool and Swindon are both seem to bring out of him, well, if he doesn't, I guess from Swindon's point of view, so much the so much the better, really. But um it, it you know, if they're if they're really gonna put a very sort of tight role in him and say, Don't go and you know, do do clever individual things. That seems um, that seems great news for Swindon on Saturday, but overall for Dan Kemp, a bit of a shame.
0: Yeah, and this is for Jack Payne's first game back since leaving Swindon. I, I tell you, Charlton might have themselves an asset if they get relegated into League Two next year. It, it,
3: well, that's um, that's something they're giving a remarkable amount of consideration to, isn't it, Charlton? When I've just occasionally had those glances towards the the foot of the the foot of the league table i think i think michael appleton took the one on quite a spiraling run but but yes um jack Payne is certainly a player who can um and perhaps should uh have got swindled out of of league two i'm not not saying he didn't do enough i'm just saying um that's more the the kind of lament of vale park uh to, to add to our various wistful uh excursions during this this podcast of Better times dashed, or or Darren Bullock being sold, which probably doesn't count as better times being dashed. But 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 yeah, you know, um, we'll know. you know, ex- excellent in the you know the sort of playoff season, he was um, he was here. There were there were times where he'd run the show, and the, you saw a bit of that in the. I think you did see a bit of that in the reverse game. Really, the the sort of ten or the ten or fifteen minutes where he really sort of got a grip on it. Were well, I think that certainly produced at least one of the goals. It was certainly when when mk don's looked at their at their most effective and um i'm trying to think if there are any of his old teammates around to recognize him and probably not
0: no just mr mccurdy i'm pretty sure he got man of the match um from the home fans um or the the home hospitality or uh, the sponsors or whatever for the, the i think he game. did i think he did i think that rings a bell anyway we move on to our last bit which is jack bycroft jack bycroft uh joins you for a little chat and i think you know, a lot of it was your usual sort of cliched stuff, but for somebody who's only been in the EFL for a couple of well, a month or so, my goodness, he sounds like, he sounds like he's been in senior football for about twenty years.
3: Yeah, no, no. Um we sort of spoke to him the first time we got to see him was sort of after the crew game where he made his his debut and he seemed kind of quite uh quite sort of shy and gentle and thoughtful and um He's certainly kind of, or it feels like he's kind of come on in confidence terms a lot in even just sort of four or five games. He's obviously got a, a sense that the, the step up from playing sort of National League, which he was doing for Oxford City on loan, hasn't been that sort of taxing for him. I think he's done reasonably well so far. And, you know, the the other thing is that late save against Gillingham, which is, you know, a, a superb save reaction from a deflection off your own defender that really mattered and got your point. Um I think you know getting that getting that sort of moment. I always, I always think you know kind of helps helps goalkeepers really because I'm I'm slightly biased as a former goalkeeper and I must emphasise not one who had any slightest delusion that I was going to be any good at any serious level, but one who enjoyed throwing himself around in the mud on Sundays. And no great um, consequence. I, I quite like to give keepers a bit of credit for you know when they when they do make those sort of match winning match winning saves and. You know, that can only that can only build his confidence. He's yeah, no, he's like settled in Well, he talked a little bit about that. Um, again about the the sort of step up from League Two and he's sort of spotted one or two things, but but yeah, it um He just sort of um, gave a a nice sort of good aura. Not as confident as Stephen Bender, because I refuse to believe that's possible for any human being. I think he found the confidence builds, but um, he wasn't too far off. What a guy. What a guy.
0: Yeah, Um, my two favourite questions from here was how he coped with big lumps up front for corners and beyond and then prepping for your Dan Kemp types who have the audacity to shoot from distance
3: yeah so so no he, he he's just he seems pretty kind of relaxed about. You know, dealing with that that physicality and just expecting it as part of the league, and um I think he feels pretty prepared for anything. Really, be it a, a Dan Kemp shot from twenty yards or or anything else. Mm-hmm.
0: And and one thing that was discussed is he's he's really throwing himself into the community side of Swindon Town, which is great to see.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's good, especially as obviously someone who is, uh, as we all know from the social media, came and. You know, and saw saw Swindon in the the Paolo De Cana area as a youngster. So, you know, there's obviously sort of the the kind of rainbow ball that's been brought in for the the weekend fixtures. Talking a little bit about that, I think he was going off to you know see some of the youngsters as part of the the event that Giro Reds are doing today. Just a bit, you know, that sort of bit of kind of signing and and all that. So so yeah, the, this this is something you kind of you want to see really your your players getting a a feel and understanding of the the community they. They work in and the and the fans they they play for because you know we um we all enjoy the football stuff but at the end of, at the end of the day one of the one of the things you want from the club is to be an asset for where it is and for you know people of across the generations to to get something back from it as well as putting in their their kind of love and devotion.
0: Indeed, indeed, lovely stuff. Okay, well let's finish with predictions. I am going for it. Swindon Town three, MK Dons two, a reversal. Of the first game, high drama, high excitement, lovely stuff. Care to join me?
3: You're you're bat- you're you know uh, batting your eyelids at me seductively, but um, I I think I'm probably going to take one goal off that and suggest a two-two draw seems. Quite likely, but I, I won't predict which side is leading two one later on and concedes. Mm,
0: okay, well yours feels more realistic, but mine, well, mine sounds better. Uh, so let's hope I win and you don't, Andrew. As always, thanks for covering. That was a joy. No,
3: no, no worries. I'm I'm sure Joe will uh, sweep in a uh, resurgent from his break.
0: The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most spended, Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, did!